0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: The tenth time they've made it, they've
0: won a playoff.
1: Hello and welcome back to the Ealing Road podcast, a Brentford podcast for Brentford fans by Brentford fans. We are actually re-recording this episode because on Wednesday when we originally recorded it, um, the episode actually corrupted and we were left with nothing, which is really annoying. Uh, But as I said, we're re-recording this episode and this week I'm joined by Clayton. Hello everyone. And uh, my friend from my course, uh, Studying Sports Journalism, Dan Evans. yeah who has regularly watched Brentford this season and was actually in the press box for the City game. Dan is unfortunately a Swansea fan, but um, can definitely add some valuable insight from someone from the outside looking into Brentford, especially with what's gone on this week. Uh, Shout out to T. S. and Will, whose points from the last episode will be paraphrased and and included in this one. Um, And I just want to say, before we get going, I just want to address a little problem with the recording last week. uh, We can only apologise for the audio quality uh, on last week's episode. There was a problem with a couple of the mics, when we were recording and I did my best with the edit but I can appreciate that the overall quality wasn't great and definitely wasn't up to our standards Um, but yeah like I said I can only apologise and it'll be much better going forward. So now that's out the way let's get straight into the episode. Um, The structure of this one has somewhat changed due to the news that broke a couple of days ago with regards to Ivan Tony. Obviously we did want to spend most of the episode talking about the result at City, which was probably the best result/slash performance in the club's history, as Thomas Frank said in his post-match interview. Uh, but recent developments have changed that, and we're going to see how this goes. On Wednesday, we talked about Tony for about twenty minutes, but you know we're just going to play it by ear. Um, so for those who don't know, don't know how you wouldn't. But Ivan Tony has been charged by the FA for two hundred and thirty-two breaches of Rule E eight. Meaning our uh, number nine has done a fair bit of gambling during his time as a professional footballer. Uh, there is quite a lot to talk about with this and the writing kind of seems to be on the wall for Tony in terms of a lengthy ban. Um, I will preface this with we are just speculating. Tony has until Thursday to reply to to the charges made by the FA. So this is just speculation. We don't want to go into full meltdown. We kind of did that on Wednesday. But yeah, it bit, <laughs> but, yeah, it was a bit
2: raw at the time. It was a little was bit like, raw at oh, the time. Really it so, the So
1: yeah, maybe that episode craps it. It was a blessing in disguise. Um, let's just get straight into it. Immediate thoughts, Clayton, on, on Tony's, on Tony's uh, allegations. Yeah, now
2: I've a bit more time to think about it. Maybe, I don't know. I, feel, I think I still feel the same. I just feel a bit like let down. Yeah. But obviously, like when we recorded it on Wednesday, it was like an hour mm-hmm. after it happened. So like... It was a bit was fresh. pretty human, it pretty much, it ruined my day, it ruined my day. <laughs> I come to the podcast to speak about yeah, my bet, the best result in, in a club's history, yeah, uh, some would say. And <laughs> instead I get my day ruined by the Tony news. But yeah, no, now that it's not as as raw, it's um no, I still feel the same. It's embarrassing. Like when I when I went into the office this week, or all, all my colleagues, you know, I'm a breakfast fan again, oh like oh Tony, like he's let your club down XYZ <laughs> and it's fair enough, like you would you would give that. It's not even giving the stick to you, fair. Like it's just like that is it's embarrassing. Like it, it's it doesn't. Uh, I'm keen to know more detail before I speak on it too much further. But like it doesn't it's, it doesn't look good, it doesn't look for the club. And uh, yeah, it's just it's just disappointing, really. And it, it's a worry for the rest of the season as
1: well. Mm-hmm. Well, Dan made the point before we started that you know I kind of said that he's he it is a shame for the club and he is putting the he's putting the club's name in the mud almost. But you kind of thought it was more of a personal thing, um, and it. I think it is as well like there's, there's been previous with Tony um, obviously the whole fuck Brentford scenario that mm. happened in Dubai which I'm pretty sure he's back in Dubai if you saw that yeah um,
2: it's like yeah. Some, some, someone like, some, found yeah. like, some random player uh, that plays out in the Middle East Instagram story who like stood by the pool yeah um, so but if he's like staying close trying to get they called out to the spot <laughs> 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 to kind of, size of... <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, but um, yeah. So obviously, there's been previous for Tony, and I, I didn't really care about uh, the whole fuck Brentford thing. I, I thought it was just kind of one of those throwaway comments. Um, it, it's like you say, it's, it's disappointing. Um, I think having the week to think about it, I'm not really as as gutted as I was. I'm more just worried about the season um, ahead. Not, uh, having said that, I know that Brentford are quite capable of buying a good player. That's what we do, uh, especially strikers. You know, we had Neil Mopey, then Ollie Watkins and now, now Ivan Taney. Dan, what do you reckon? Uh, you said to me yesterday that you're worried for Brentford's season.
0: Yeah, well, I'd like to say Brentford are, have been sort of the masters of replacing players once you've sold them. Mm-hmm. But I think we don't know if that's the same in the Premier League quite yet. Mm. I think the signings have been a bit more hit and miss and there's less room for error as well. Like, Brentford aren't as big a fish in the Premier League as they were in the Championship mm-hmm. it's harder to get the best players in because players who are good enough to play in the Premier League like the top six are looking at them, the rest of the Premier League are looking at them and I'm, I said this to you earlier uh, I think it was yesterday, mm-hmm. I'm not sure there's a team in the Premier League that are more reliant on a single player than Brentford are on Tony at the moment mm-hmm. I'm sure there'll be other examples that people can think of that mm. like a similar level of importance but I think the start of the season means you shouldn't have to worry too much about the rest of this campaign. But, but again, like this, this news is so fresh, we don't really know what the ramifications going to be for Tony for Brentford going forward. So it's all a bit uncertain at the moment. Mm-hmm. Just to go back to his
1: comment about there isn't another team in the te- in the in the Premier League that relies as much on one player. What do you what do you reckon? Do you reckon that's fair? Yeah, that
2: did not <laughs> offend me. <laughs> <It> <laughs> no, made, I think that's fair as well. I completely agree. Something Will said on Wednesday. He said. When we go, if we go buying around in January, which we probably should do, mm-hmm. it's going to add another 10 mil on to yeah. player because yeah. they're going to know we don't have a strike. You want your striker's banned, <laughs> your best player's banned. So, yeah, you want this player for 10 mil, what well, now you have to pay 20 because we know, mm-hmm. know that you, you need him.
1: Yeah. Uh, there's also a point, I think uh, TS made it last week, that we're not going to find a better striker. Um, well, it's going to be very hard to find a better striker. I was watching that City game and it was a, it was a flawless performance. We can it was one replace of the <laughs> we can yeah, replace him. Uh, Pep was lying when he said that. <laughs> we're, we're definitely Mr. Robot, we're, de- we're definitely not uh, that that City game. It was a flawless performance. Um, there was a point in that City game. I told you yesterday, but there was a point in that City game where he chests it down and sort of um, plays a pass to and like a like a sixty yard pass from, from one side to the other. Slices through the ball, and there's not another striker in the league that does that. I think, apart from Harry Kane. So, while I'm confident in Brentford being able to replace him, I don't know if it would be better. If I don't know if there's a better player in the Prem, especially apart from Harry Kane at the moment on form. Um, in the whole of the Premier League, in, the whole, in in terms of strikers, in okay, terms of strikers, okay, okay, in terms okay, of strikers, okay, okay, <laughs> <laughs> no, not in the whole of the Prem. I was like, That's a bold <laughs> um, but yeah, I I am worried. Um, Obviously, he's got until Thursday to reply, and hopefully, he's got some superstar lawyers. Uh, yeah. get, get the See, Man City, get the Man City lawyers. But yeah, any any final thoughts on Tony before before we move on? Obviously, we talked, we ranted about Tony for about twenty minutes, but I think it's yeah. only taken up about ten on today's. It's a
2: bit less raw, so yeah. like, it's just yeah, disappointed, angry. But I think at, like you lose Eddie with like the fuck like like I said, it's one of my colleagues at works like there were clearly red flags. Like, he's clearly a bit of an arsehole. Mm-hmm. But he's such a good footballer, you ignore it. Mm-hmm. Like, he plays for your club and, like, scores every week, so you ignore it. But, like, there was that, and then there was that stupid TikTok where he said, yeah. oh, i like, play for a little team. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, both those occasions, like, like people got a bit angry on Twitter. I didn't really care, like... No, was, I didn't, yeah, no. As long I as you score a I it's not a plus. Yeah. But then, like, when this comes out, it's like, oh, it makes a bit more sense. But, I mean, this might be a bit of a unpopular take, but I was thinking... At some point in the week, like I think it might have been on Wednesday night. Like what? Like although what he's done is wrong. Like how how was he feeling on that? Like I felt a bit like a bit bad for him to to extent. Like the like you could just have to turn off your phone. And you're just getting rinsed on every social mm-hmm. media platform. Like like who knows what your family, your parents think if they knew. Like it's like it's just a horrible situation. Like that, yeah. I, did, I did. I was thinking that like after I kind of go over the the anger. Like it must just be a horrible when when you're in the the public mm. eye like that. Like the whole of is just absolutely rinsing, yeah. and when he comes back, it, it, if he does come back, he, like, it's, it's never going to stop.
1: We did talk about on Wednesday that there there is too much of a sort of betting presence in English football in general. Um, whether whether or not that evokes any sympathy for Tony or any sort of it kind of it, it, whether it gives an explanation, I don't know. But um, there is there is a there is a massive massive presence of. You know, sponsor it, sponsors in, in English football with regards to betting. And I think Will might have said, what do we expect from these footballers if they're constantly surrounded by, yeah. by the gambling?
2: Wait, he he nabbed that off to Jordan on Twitter. Oh, way. did he? Yeah. Okay, he definitely nabbed that. I didn't say anything at the time. Jordan,
1: we want you on the podcast soon, mate, so uh, get, get your shit together. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, good good tweet. Uh, but what do you reckon, Dan, with, with regards to that point about sort of too much gambling in English football?
0: I, I think it goes further than English football. I think it's ingrained in wider culture for yeah. sort of young men, mm-hmm. Tony's age, our sort of age it's such a normal part of, of a weekend. Like mm. You put money on yeah. football, you put money on I don't know, boxing, horses, whatever's your fancy, and there's no, there's no limit to it. It's not, it's not like um, people know where to stop. There's not an obvious line mm-hmm. of where it goes from being... It's like supposed to fun. be when the fun stops. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> but those, those companies don't yeah, take no. enough uh, due diligence. They don't care about the people at the other end of mm-hmm. the, the bet there they're only interested in making money. I know, I'm sure they'll all put out campaigns talking about how you should gamble safely and know yeah. all the risks. But I think that's
2: illegal. they have to do that legally now, yeah, so exactly. it's not my choice. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: There's no there's no genuine concern for people. I think, I, I know this, this is something other people definitely said before, but it's hard to tell when someone's going through a gambling yeah. problem. We Again, we don't know enough about Tony's situation to be able to say mm-hmm. he was suffering with something or he was just doing it in sort of a casual way. But, Again, like feeling sorry for him is quite a normal thing, yeah. I think for me in this situation, yeah.
2: Yeah, Like, if it is, like, if it does come out like I think uh, Will was saying he was reading about the Joe Barton, he was saying like how it's just like, like horribly, horribly addicted. yeah. Like, um, which it, which it can be for some people, it ruins their lives. And um, like, obviously, we don't know the case, like, this is completely hypothetical, but we could have a decent stab that it could be something like that because it's over like what four years, so it's a long time. So you're either like really really stupid mm. or you're addicted basically. Mm. But it's a, um, so yeah, like it's, it's
1: tough. Are we are we in the in the boat that Tony didn't get this England call up for Qatar yeah. because because of the gambling? Yeah, thing? I, I think yeah. so. I'm
0: not, I don't understand why he was called up the first like, time. Yeah, yeah. because think, I'm sure the FA they
1: were they're was, invested. They've been investigating him for like seven months or something like that. Yeah. 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 Uh, so it doesn't really make sense why he was called up the first time, um, especially because he didn't even play. Yeah, maybe
2: uh, oh, just, I mean it's just like who knows yeah. I was going to say maybe at the time because I think the reason I don't think Southgate's that interested in him as a, as a player because he's like he's got a cane mm-hmm. but I think like there was so much hype around him that he felt like he had to call him up just yeah. so, for people to shut up and uh, maybe at the time it was a couple of months ago like that investigation wasn't in the place where he was notified whereas mm-hmm. like now like I've, like he must have known they must. someone must have told him yeah. Like if it's an FA investigation and then they're like a couple of weeks away from Imagine if you put him in the squad and then that come out and he yeah. gets kicked out. So he might have had to have known.
1: Yeah. Um should we move on to Man City then? I think we've kind of said yeah. all that we can all that we can say about about Tony. Uh we we won't know much more until until he until he responds. So, let's 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 talk about Man City. Uh only um well Thomas Frank laboured it the best performance in the club's history. Uh didn't obviously mean as much as, as like a Wembley result or a Bournemouth second leg result. Uh, but in terms of performance, it's, it's quite hard to disagree. What do we, what do we think, Clayton? Uh, shout out to everyone that stayed at home. <laughs> <laughs> I was going <laughs> to. Yeah, no, you, you
2: decided, that not I, yeah,
1: no, I decided the, the day before to go. Well, Dan, it was actually Dan that kind of convinced me because oh, Dan, Dan told me that he was going to be in the press box. And um, he just asked me if I was going, and I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, I wasn't originally going to after they changed the kickoff time, but now I kind of do. <laughs> yeah. um, and I said, I said to my girlfriend at the time, I said, this is a one in a million if we beat City. We're not going for the result. We're just we're going for the day. We're going for the, the atmosphere. Because obviously City actually have a really good atmosphere. We yeah, talked so, about this last I time. Think,
2: yeah, especially it's the, they basically put all their proper hardcore like main road fans yeah. Either side of the home, the away yeah. fans, just so they can just throw coins at you. And stuff. <laughs> but then if you look at the rest of the stadium, I don't know what it's like from the press box. Like from where you are in the way, and like they all, everyone just sat down, and yeah. there's just yeah, nothing going days. on. But I mean, it's going to happen, like if,
1: yeah. Um, but I can't really remember a better away performance from a team going to the Etihad. Uh, going back to maybe whenever Tottenham play there, because they somehow always managed to get a result. Um, what, do you, what do you reckon, Dan? From an outside perspective, you were in the press box. Uh, what did you make of the game?
0: Brentford were brilliant. Honestly, I I travelled up on the train on the morning, ridiculously early. I, t- I tried to sort of cheat sometimes with my match reports to try and get a few lines in on the train there, <laughs> there doing a bit of research. <laughs> and honestly, this one was all set up for. Oh, this is the reality of the Premier League for Brentford. Like they had one great year. Mm-hmm. The second year is never quite as fun. And then you're going to the Etihad. Last game before. A, well, obviously, it's not normally a World Cup break, but mm-hmm. last game going into Christmas time you got to play Haaland who's back, De Bruyne is playing really well at the moment and you just get slapped. Like I was, I was expecting yeah. Yeah, four so, or yeah. five, maybe. You messaged think. me to say 6-0 yeah, incoming yeah. when I said <laughs> yeah, that I was going.
2: Someone like, some Brevin fans just like lumped on 6-0 six, six yeah. before. I mean, we're coming back to betting. I, think. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, that proves your point Then it? like, It's just so ingrained in the culture. Like, I don't personally, but like, bet, but like, it's just such a, yeah, like, I just said it in yeah. a casual conversation now you realise like, yeah. how ingrained it is, which, yeah, probably comes back to, problem, but yeah, back to City, yeah. No, we all thought we were going
0: to lose. Mm. But then, from the first couple of minutes, Onyeka has that really early chance, mm. and it's like Brentford had such a clear idea of what they were trying to do today. Mm-hmm. And that first half, they were brilliant. That they, they should have been leading at half-time. They can see the goal from a corner, blah, blah. Typical. Yeah. <laughs> but then, when you think the onslaught is coming, second half, yeah. City start having loads of the ball... But no massive chances. I know Gundogan missed a really good one after yeah, he did, yeah. one of those moves that City put together that's like, how can we compete? This is like aliens playing football. This isn't like a normal yeah. football team. But then they see that out and in injury time, all the chances are Brentford. Tony mm-hmm. has three chances. Luckily he takes one of them and it just becomes this amazing day. And sitting in the press box, like I have always quite liked Brentford. They're mm-hmm. always a team that I liked when they were doing something a bit different to everyone else. I know... Lots of other teams have sort of copied the whole transfer strategy sort of thing, mm-hmm. trying to break the mould. But I was sitting there feeling like I really want Brentford to win this game. Like, <laughs> I really want to see them do something. And honestly, it was, it was probably my best journalistic experience so far. Like, I've been doing games for three seasons now. and yeah. This was the one I came away from feeling like, wow, I've never really had a rush like this i've had swansea wins where i've not, I've not felt that, that engaged with the game and that like wow this was amazing and yeah it was just a brilliant day around it was nice to feel like i was sort of a small part of it i guess so mm. i'm sure you guys enjoyed it even more oh mate it was that's the best way they ever yeah. win i think i've watched the highlights yeah a <laughs> like a million, million, million times <laughs> and there's like
2: shout out to that kid like in next to the way and they like filmed the whole scenes from like yeah the, yeah. winning goal all the way through to the final whistle when he was just like he was just <laughs> vlogging it and it's such it's such a good watch it's such a good watch
1: uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about Rico Henry we talked a bit about him on Wednesday uh, TS made a good point that we all kind of talk about Rico Henry as, as this he, well we, before we get to top threes of the season so far we've always said Rico Henry season in season out is one of our best players if not the best player and never gets the recognition whenever we tell our mates about this it's like who the hell is Rico Henry um,
2: yeah, that's what Thiago was saying. Like when he speaks, like I was mates. Yeah, that's for our top six club. Yeah,
1: and then after the City game, he he finally had mates saying, "Fucking hell, Rick yeah, he Henry, is this player, isn't he?" Like, why is he not playing three um, <laughs> no. And he honestly, we've been saying this for seasons. Like he's so so good. You said that you you said that he looked amazing that day, just going up and down that that left flank, and he caused them all sorts of problems.
0: Yeah, he was he was brilliant. I know there was a, a bit of mistake halfway through the um, first half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, to yeah, to yeah. Give away got, got to be lucky, I think, mm-hmm. not to give away a penalty for that the rest of the day he was incredible like uh, City's right side just couldn't cope with him and he was he was doing it all on his own like yeah because it was a back five rather than having a wide player in front of him mm-hmm. he was just bossing the whole flank on his own and like you're saying I think he should have been involved with England before now I, th- I think less impressive backs have been called up and yeah given chances when he's not mm-hmm. yeah. it's when Mitchell gets into the squad no, he's a good player but he's not like Riga really, mm-hmm. is
2: definitely
1: better than him. Yeah. Dan, you spoke about Onyeka, his chance in the in the first sort of five five minutes. Um... That prospect of a, of a loan move to Borough must have, must have really frightened <laughs> yeah. the life out of him. Because on like, we talked about this on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, we threatened all our players of a yeah. yeah. lone move to Borough, which we yeah. fucking league. <laughs> yeah. uh, we, we said it's like it's like a new signing this, this season. Whenever he's played, he's been he's been ten out of ten.
2: Well, people were starting to say that he was like a oh, money laundering front because he signed <laughs> from Middlesbrough. Yeah. But like, yeah, I think Will's d- Will. What Will said was that yeah, good starts pre-season last season. Uh, I think he scored like maybe in pre-season and, he, and then he started a few games and he got injured and kind of our midfield was so good last season mm-hmm. um, that he basically just never got back into it and when, yeah. like, when he did it wasn't that impressive he just never got around the games and it's basically taken until now um, where he's getting around the games and we're, again we did think he was good at the first place but he just basically didn't play for so long we mm-hmm. were like oh god like, maybe he's actually a bit dodgy mm. um, but no he's good I, mean, I think there's like a interview with Ivan Tony. Um, where they ask him, like, his all-time, like, all-time, what well, might have been only current players, like, five side team, mm-hmm. and he had, like, all these legends in there, and then he had Frank and Luka. Did he? And, <laughs> and they're
1: like, why did you put him in there? He's like, oh, in training, he kicks everyone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but he, he was classed, and he has been all season. Um, another man that was classed was, obviously, Ivan Tony. I did want to talk about him a little bit, obviously. Now it's a bit shrouded in, in all this mm. talk about the gambling allegations. But it was it was such a complete performance from Tony. Bullied bullied that defence. And Pep knew it. And uh, he said in his post-match, he said, you know, we couldn't win the flick-ons from Tony, which he's been doing all season. He's been terrorising defences. Yeah, he basically
2: just followed. The, we spoke to the City fan as we were leaving. And it was, I mean, fair play, most played a lot. Gracious. Were, very yeah. gracious yeah. and very like, there was one guy at the top of the... In the home, end, but at the top of the wend, he was leaning over and shaking every Brevin fan's hands <laughs> left. It was a bit strange, but it was kind of nice. But yeah, no, another guy when we were leaving, obviously obviously could tell we were bremer fans. Right? We were we were just delirious That's after it, the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. And he was just saying he was just complaining about a kanji. He was basically like, yeah, you can see why we signed them for like fifteen million quid. Like, he's, like, I thought he looked quite good. But then he pointed out, and then when I watched it back, it's actually true. Like, basically Tony just followed a kanji around the pitch, hmm. and he just beat. I don't think Kanji won a header against Tony. He bullied him.
1: Hmm, um, yeah, and I i, I liked, I, I, you touched on that, I liked how the City fans were quite gracious in defeat. Um, I remember last year at City, there was a fan who I was on the left side of the stand. Obviously, you know you, you know how you're so close to each set. To each, it doesn't matter what side you're on, you're yeah. close to the home fans. Um, and they, they were winning 2-0, and he, he turned around and he said, how does it feel to to watch your team lose every single week? Oh, <laughs> so you. if you're listening, mate, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Have that. Um is that enough on City Dan any, any final any concluding
0: thoughts uh, there were definitely some fans in front of the press box who weren't so gracious yeah. I sat with a lot of the analysts the Brentford analysts and right. a lot of the club media guys and obviously when Tony scores it's completely understandable that they get up and celebrate yeah. they work for the club how many people complain when players or managers don't, aren't passionate or don't care when mm-hmm. the team's doing well these guys like this is their life they, they work for the club they're more than happy to can celebrate. But there must have been at least twenty City fans got up and went, "Oh, you guys, are, you're a disgrace! Like you're uh, you're dragging Brentford's name through the mud." <laughs> <seeing old laughs> were they fans
2: or were they like media?
0: No, fans sat in front of the press box. So the, the press box of City is very uh, close to the stand, like behind the dugouts. Okay, and
2: so so those those fans are sitting in like. £1,000 season tickets? Yeah.
0: I think I, I mean, <laughs> <for sure. laughs> it was behind the dugout. Huh? Yeah, they definitely didn't take it well and that, that for me was a bit like, oh, yeah. guys, it's uh, it's, it's day. Like, exactly, just let, just let, let you guys win every yeah, single exactly. week, just let us have yeah, this.
1: Right. Uh, TS, TS said this point in the last podcast that um, when you're a smaller club in the league, when he'd been speaking to his mates that had got promoted and stuff like that, Q- I think he mentioned QPR, maybe, his Q- mates from QPR or something like that. Yeah. Um, you go to these games at the top six clubs, Year in, year out. Obviously, we've only been in the Prem for two years, but we've been, I've been, we went to every single top six game last season. But you keep going and you keep losing, but you keep going for that one win. And it felt like that yeah, was the one. It was win. like Chelsea last year. It was like Chelsea like, last year. This was better. Like, it's what,
2: Chelsea was, I didn't actually, I actually missed it. And like, I didn't. I, I think that's what, <laughs> like,
1: the only yeah, one. That's why I
2: touched on It's like, uh, that's what I learned from last season. I was at uni, so it made it a bit harder, but, um, is like if, if there's a Saturday or Tuesday or any day mm-hmm. and you don't there's no real reason apart from like you really have no no money yeah. <laughs> go to the game yeah. because <laughs> the one you don't go to will
1: be the one where you beat Chelsea 4-0 in
2: their backyard <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, but yeah I can't really any more about City it just uh, it made me watch the, the highlights the one,
2: again the one other point about City was I, th- I think everyone played just well yeah. it wasn't like a bad performance everyone that came off the bench Brezilev yeah. So, yeah. So yeah that's Wrestling, what I wanted to yeah. say because I um I get we gave him stick especially me he did, I just, against Forrest, he was rubbish he was awful yeah and yeah. and I said I, I mentioned disaster class which was true <laughs> it was true he was awful he was absolutely awful and we our, we watched a lot of him because the way end at, at City's on like the right side of the pitch so and yeah. he was playing right back and they obviously were trying to overload him because they watched games before. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just. He was just really good yeah, no, like he was just so solid and yeah, like for someone that's really struggled to get like you played bottom of the league like the week before mm-hmm. and really really struggled Um and then he's playing against the the best team in the world yeah. and like they're like it's you more like, than held his Foden, own yeah. Foden and Zhao Canse like overlapping <laughs> and like he <it> basically <laughs> didn't get beat all game Yeah. No. so yeah I was so impressed and he
1: had that little flick in the in the corner that set up a Tony chance not uh, the one before he scored Um well, when that he that like kind of back heels it and, yeah, yeah. And he kind of vacuums it, but yeah, no, we all we all slated him at for us because he wasn't great. Yeah, so fair play <laughs> to you. Perhaps. But yeah, no, he's turned around turned around with a great performance. Um Right, I think I think I think that's it, on City. Um the next part that I wanted to talk about was I will, we well on Wednesday we went around and did top three performances of the season so far. Obviously, me and Clayton, we can do that. Dan, of the games you've watched, I just want obviously apart from maybe Ivan Tony, maybe a couple of players that have stood out for you, if you can think of those. Um, but obviously me and Clayton go first. Uh, I would I would have had Tony in, uh, but I'm, I'm not going to include him now. Not, <laughs> Just I'm bitter. Tony. I'm bitter. Yeah, we excluded him on Wednesday. If 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 the whole gambling thing hadn't happened, Tony's number one, and it's not even close because he is our talisman. You said it earlier. No, no other team relies on one player as much as we do on Tony. Um, but actually, no, It is close because Matthias Ye- Jensen. Matthias Jensen. no nah, ben, Mee- ben, ben Me. Ben Me. Go on. You ben go. go. You go. Yeah.
2: Well, I, I think I put Ben Me first, but we, that was excluding Tony.
1: Yeah. If it was, it would, if, we're if not it bitter was, at all. <laughs> if, if
2: Tony was, in, if if we were counting Tony, it'd be Tony, Ben, me, Jensen, Rika no, Henry. Rico Henry. But then, uh, then if you're taking Tony out, then bump everyone up, then put Jensen. Then mm. I think, no, I think that's fair.
1: Okay, yeah, I would, I would say, I would say Jensen, um, Rico Henry, then Ben me, but you know, same different order. <laughs> Did you see
2: Ben me on Twitter? Like there's a stat like basically every time for Burnley when he went away to the Etihad they, they lost like 5-0 yeah. so he oh. really like a photo of him celebrating it's like nice, nice to get a result here for once <laughs> and like, all the Burnley fans in the comp like, they
1: love him like they call him like Mr Burnley they were like oh for fuck's sake Ben <laughs> uh, yeah I, but I, shout out to my side Jensen I know Will's a big fan of him this season he's been absolutely quality and he was so good against City as well Um Really amazing redemption arc for him, especially yeah. from from you know how much we slated him, well, yeah, how much well not, and rightfully so. Like he wasn't the player that he was a couple of years ago um, when he signed, and he's just getting better and better and better with every game. So
0: long may that continue. Uh, Dan, what, what, what do we reckon? I think Ben Mee definitely stands out. I think for me, after Tony, he's mm-hmm. sort of head and shoulders above anyone yeah. else. Henry, after Saturday, I definitely say like a performance like that puts your whole season up. If you know what I mean, like. You, you play in one great game against well, team like City, yeah. yeah. Then suddenly you go from having quite a good season to like, wow, he's he's having a really good season. Like, why is he not going to the World Cup? Sort of yeah, thing? I mean, yeah, I've been saying that for weeks, but you know, <laughs>
2: just kind of falls on deaf ears. But like, yes. it's like in the, the whole time we've been in the Premier League, I've not seen one player beating for pace. No, nah, yeah, no. Even like trial, <clears throat> like not
1: in a season. in a one v one, I'm I don't, I don't care. Rika Henry will have it. Maybe actually Haaland might be quicker, but still. Yeah, I think I'm, still I've still had Rika Henry against his, anyway. The acceleration
2: is probably quicker. Than, like if they were on yeah. Stanley still, would probably still get to first. Yeah, yeah if that's half the size.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. Ivan, uh, I did want to say because it was hilarious on Wednesday when TS said it. As an Ivan Tony replacement, do you remember? Oh, he said four words. Four words. Very
2: uncontroversial. Chris Wood on loan, yeah. <laughs> and we
1: all like really laughed at him at the start. And then as the pod went on, we were actually thinking, do you know what, Chris Wood on loan, it's, not, it's, not, it's, it's not a bad shout. Um, obviously, they've got Isaac and Callum Wilson ahead of Chris Wood, and he has the kind of, well, he's kind of sim- obviously he's a poor man's Tony, I'd probably say. He's um, kind of the same attributes. Uh, Oh, he's like very poor. Very poor man. Very poor man. <laughs> well, I don't know. I always quite, I always got had a bit
2: like, of a soft spot for him when he was got at Burnley. The creative yeah, sides to yeah, the yeah. game, but he, like if you if he got service, yeah, and you'd win the headers, yeah. Uh, no, no, yeah, we 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 really loved it. We, we we were taking the piss a bit, and we Actually, I mean, yeah. you know what? It's not
1: on the <laughs> uh, I was listening to the Guardian Football Weekly, and they were talking about Thomas Frank being a, coming across as quite an ambitious manager. I don't think you were here for this part, actually. No, this one Um and I wanted to talk about this a couple of weeks ago when he was getting linked with Villa and Leicester. Uh, but we'll do it now. Um, I think that we can all kind of agree that he will leave at some point because whenever he's kind of asked about these questions, especially when there was speculation about Villa and Leicester, he always said, you know, I'm happy at Brentford right now. Um, but I, he, he comes across as... And I love him and I want him to stay and I hope he stays for as, for as long as possible. But I, I don't think he's going to be here for a very long time. I think within the next sort of three or four years if, if a bigger club comes sniffing around or, or the Denmark job. Um, Yeah. uh, So my question is, sorry, I went off on a bit of a tangent there. My question is, uh, is there a ceiling, do you think to how far Thomas Frank can take us open to anyone?
2: What? As an, as a club, as a club. Yeah. Do you think, do you think you like implying that he's not good of as good in the manager? I just
1: think, I just think, I just think there might be an end of the road coming soon. Um, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if that will be because another big club comes in for him. If we keep doing well and we keep progressing, uh, obviously, like what we want to do is we want to consolidate Premier League status and then push up the table. Like last year, we finished thirteenth, right? Yeah. In the bottom half, and then we finished in the top half. Uh, we hopefully we'll finish in the top half this season, but I'm not sure now because of Tony. But um, is it? I just maybe a better question is: um, Do you, do you think Thomas Frank would be at Brentford for for a long time, or do you think it, do you think it's quite sort of? In the next couple of years or so,
2: I don't know because I think he's quite. He's definitely committed to the club, and they, like they gave him like such good roots to where he is now. Like that like he was assistant head coach, and then they kind of when Dean Smith left, like they moved him up. Mm-hmm. And like he obviously loves working in the club, and it's such a like organized environment with like such good staff and stuff. He really appreciates that. Like we were speaking like. About, I think I mentioned like, oh, if Frank Lampard got fired, like, would they offer him like, would he take the Everton job? Obviously, it's a big club. Oh, no one, like, no one, no manager to like, take it's the it's Everton like, job. What pedigree of club like would he go to? Because I feel like he's switched on enough not to know that like that Everton is like yeah. a bad idea. Okay, okay,
1: right. Let me let me rephrase it then. So if if uh, a big to- if a top six club came after Frank next season after we finished but top half this is season, he,
2: is, he, is that going to happen? Has he done that? I don't know.
1: Job? Well, no, that's the question. If it did happen, would you do you think he would go? But
2: what top six club is it going to be? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> no, uh, think about, who, I don't know.
1: Who, I don't know who's um, who's who's might be out. Like if Tottenham, if Tottenham went after him,
2: yeah, Spurs is probably the most realistic. But yeah. I just can't see. I, I I feel like he needs a step in between. But then I don't know. It would, I don't. I feel like it wouldn't be in the Premier League. No, no, okay. because I feel like I don't know.
0: I think it's quite dependent on how Potter gets on at Chelsea. I yeah, think if, mm, yeah. That's a if good point. Potter starts doing well, I mm. think other top six teams will go oh, actually, maybe the managerial talent in the rest of the Premier League is good enough to make that sort of step up. I think at the moment there is still a bit of a snobbishness maybe about appointing someone like Frank or even Brendan Rodgers when he, when he was at his, uh, at his sort of pond a few years ago. Yeah. I think people maybe look down on it a bit. They, they want a, a big name from abroad. They want someone who's won hmm. league titles the yeah. Champions League. Uh, yeah, well, I, I would like Thomas Frank to stay as long as possible. I think he's
1: great. Um, seems like a great bloke. I'd love to have him on the pod. Uh. Yeah. yeah, yeah and I think that's a
2: good point. It's like, and um, was it, Nathan Jones just got the... Yeah. To job, so like how does...
1: I, I don't mean, like Nathan, Nathan Jones, but I kind of hope that goes well for him, to be fair. Yeah, I'm uh, not sure how that would go. Yeah, I don't know either. Would you, What Would you reckon? We'll be we'll to we'll at Jones? Luton at the end of the year. Yeah. <laughs> I like the idea. I, like, I
0: think Southampton have a young group of players who... Hasn't taught at their best making play like an energetic, Mm -hmm. fast-paced style of football? Yeah, I think that's that's right up Nathan Jones's street. But Mm -hmm. again, he's trying to translate these ideas to a more like a higher level of players. Is it always that easy? Is Mm -hmm. it always that easy to get them to buy in?
1: Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, Will made this point. We will talk about this because he said if he did go to a top six club, it's going to be a different. It's going to be a different transfer strategy. He didn't know sort of how much of a hand Thomas Frank has had in the signings that we've made because obviously we've had Phil Giles and previously Rasmus Ankersen as well I think
2: from my knowledge like he gets consulted but it's not like when they identify players and they sift through like scouting reports like he's involved Yeah, but like he's not he's the coach he's the head coach Yeah, like he's not in charge but then if he got another a lot of clubs
1: run like that now so it'd probably be quite similar Mm. um Moving on, then we did get some questions on the GPG. Uh, Dan, you might actually be in as better place as anyone to answer this question. Was that the best limbs ever at a Brentford game? Uh, we 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 had this conversation. We it was definitely up there. Um, I don't know if it was as good as Andre Gray against Borough, but it was it was definitely. Yeah, so that, I,
2: I I wasn't here for that part of the podcast. <laughs> oh, you're not? Okay, right. No, um, but I, that's what I would have said. Yeah, uh, I was, that was. I was. What year was that? In like 2014, 2015.
1: When when we came straight up from League One and then yeah, I think yeah, I was yeah. in.
2: I used to have a season ticket in the New Road, and I remember seeing Ealing Road side Oh mate I literally I went, fell yeah. off
1: a floodlight I think <laughs> like, it's
2: just like the whole end just collapsed because I think it was just like what's happening was so insane Yeah because it, it was like, the
1: whole during the whole Warburton saga as well It's
2: like Friday night under the lights and like and, the key, and it was the way the goal went in, like the keeper kind of missed the ball and he just tapped it into an open net. I've also beautiful.
1: watched that clip, like I've watched the Man City clip, like a thousand <laughs> times of Andre Gray. Of Consta- it's Constantopoulos for for yeah, Burrow, yeah. isn't it? And he kind of miskicks because it.
2: Because that, Gray... that one, probably, that, even, like, and just Griffin Park, that one's the one that sticks out the most yeah. for me. Because obviously we had some last minute winners and like, like, like Jota in
1: the last minute like quite a famous one. But I, don't yeah. know, I feel like it wasn't like... Hmm. Dan, what do you reckon, looking at it from the press box? Well, was it good? It was definitely good, <laughs>
0: compared to um, sort of most of Brentford sort of size. Mm. Brentford don't have the most uh, like voice for us, mm. aggressive, away-following right. in the Premier League. But we were up for it. I, we had yeah, this, yeah, yeah, we were up for it that
1: day. Um, uh, yeah, continue, sorry. To do yeah, it. definitely. It,
0: it, it was nice to see yeah. that, That's how I put it. The vi- yeah. I think it's hard to compare, like you're talking about Griffin Park there, I think At these big bowl, like, mega stadiums, Mm -hmm. I feel like the atmosphere and the limbs and stuff is never quite the same as it is at a ground like Griffin Park. Mm -hmm. I've I've been to Griffin Park two, three times to watch Swansea uh, back in the day, and Swansea would usually lose. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) And there'd be evening games, or there'd be sort of winter games, so it'd be dark, the crowd would be up for it, and... Like, It was one of the best places to go and watch. Travel. Yeah,
1: I miss that place a lot, but yeah. I do, I do, I do like, I do like the new ground. It's sad yeah. when you go past it, I mean, <laughs> you like look through yeah, like the yeah, gate. Yeah, yeah no, because, it's, it's because
2: I, I don't know what the reason is, but they've stopped construction work on it. Oh, really? I've heard lots of different, but so nothing's happened in a few, like good few months. Mm. So it's basically like the grass is like up there, there's still like a security officer sitting mm. in, in the stand <laughs> just to protect the site. It's really
1: strange, it's, mm. it's, it's sad. Um so yeah, thanks to Son of a B on on GPG for that question. Uh I think there was a consensus that it's definitely up there, if not, if oh. not the best. It was it was pretty yeah. it was pretty insane. Um yeah
2: Yet again, shout out to the people that didn't come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: you missed out big time. Um this is from James Dirty. He says he asks how many players are needed in January for it to strengthen. And I will also put another question in because they're kinda of tying together from Randello who said, What do Brentford need to do to stay out of trouble in uh in what is a very tight league? Um, obviously with with the Tony revelation we're going to have to get a new number nine in January well I, of course unless unless he comes back with superstar guys yeah. but um, yeah number nine is definitely top priority I,
2: I, Will was saying before this yeah. happened that it's ridiculous that we only had like when Tony got suspended for the yellow card yeah. for Forest, we saw how bad that was like we don't actually have enough like proper striker like we mm. sold them all they're on loan um, so like that was ridiculous in the first place which is very Brentford to have like be lying in a position like we played the whole last season with no right back mm-hmm. um, so yeah I think in an ideal world you sign two strikers you, yeah. we would have signed another one but then it, in a realistic Brentford fan world we don't sign players in general no we don't we'd probably be forced our hand if Tony gets banned to sign a striker that would probably be it mm-hmm. that's what I would say well
1: I, I think uh, it was either Will or TS said we should immediately bring Davis Sogley back, back from Burnley Um I, I think he's made, like, three appearances for Burnham. He did score in his, yeah. maybe not the last no, game. He though. scored, like,
2: a 90 a minute, but I think he'd, like, just come on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, I kind of
1: said, whenever I see Devosogli play, it reminds me of Darwin Nunes, just chaos. He's just, like, whenever he's high-pressing, just whenever he gets the ball, he shoots. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. I, I, don't know no, I haven't seen enough of him. Oh, like, we only no, see no, him in sort I'm of 10-minute spells. Like, You're not convinced? I don't mate,
2: know. If, uh, I'll give him a run of... Bring him back. Yeah. And if, like, if we don't have a striker, and he's, like, the backup of someone else... Yeah, we need him. So yeah, I'll like give him a run of game, see what he does. But he also seems like that kind of player. That's he's not actually just a striker. But mm, like, yeah. he, doesn't, he doesn't like. He he's likes quite to awkward sit in their and, pockets and yeah. stuff. Like maybe in a two, he'd be all right. But I, I feel like they just don't know what to do with him. I think there's definitely an attitude thing there as well.
1: Would you agree, Dan, with with that sort of number nine top priority? I think that's the obvious. one, yeah.
0: but I still feel I know it. Again, I, I, even Thomas Frank, I know, said he doesn't really like this, but I still think there needs to be a more creative presence in midfield. Hmm. guard at the moment just. <laughs> Ooh, God, just, we don't yeah, say his just, name. Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think a like guy says it all. I, know, right? I, I also did the Wolves game a couple of weeks ago. And yeah, it came on and played. it came on the first half, I think. Yeah, because right, yeah, Jensen half. went off injured. Yeah, yeah, and yeah we're not convinced. He's, he's yeah, he's struggling. I don't know if that's just like an adaptation thing, or I know he's got this arthritis problem. Yeah which doesn't sound like a good thing for a young <laughs> footballer to have. No, <laughs> um, I, I just feel, I think a game like Sat, last Saturday at City, that suits not having that Ericsson mm. type player. Mm. But when you've got like a Wolves that come to yeah. the GTEC and just happy to sit in, you need someone who's going to be able to break them down. I know De Silva's had moments and it's good that he's yeah. sort of getting back to the player he was in the championship, but he's still not put together like a full 90, I'd say. Yeah, I
2: don't think he's a player that unlocks defences either. He's more like He'll drive with the ball and, and play like a good ball or shoot, but he's not like, he's more like focused on scoring. Like, he, he won't like, play like a defence but in pass that
1: often. Mm. Uh, Inverpie says, uh, asks, I keep saying says, I don't want to say that. Um, what should the coaching staff be focusing on with the players during the time off? Honestly, defending uh, fucking set pieces. Yeah, defending <laughs> set pieces. How not to get injured in training. Um, <laughs> And also, I would say it's like it's like comes back to your point about having a creative midfielder in for the games, not against City, not against the top six clubs, where we're not expecting to win, but a game against against the teams where we play Wolves at home, against teams that are struggling, when we fail to put them to the sword. Forest away, Wolves. That's that's that's, that's four points dropped from both of those games. Um, I, th- I think we need a we definitely need to f- not. And it, it kind of pissed me off when we when we went two one up against Forest, and we were the better team in that game. Um, despite Morgan Gibbs-White coming out and saying that they dominated for the 90 minutes um, <laughs> we were the better team in the second half uh, by far and uh, we decided to bring on Zanka revert to a five at the back and stay camped on the edge of our box yeah, and was, you just knew what was going to happen yeah it
2: was like, it was, we were literally in our own box yeah. and we just knew that we've covered this we don't need to get yeah. back to that point over <laughs> we like, walking out the stadium and I, just, I see Michael on the yeah. side he just, he's like oh fucking shit <laughs> <laughs> it was <just>
1: absolutely absolutely <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I would say putting putting teams to the sword, not to get into training. What what else what else could we say to focus on over the over the break? I mean, just a to
2: touch on the set pieces. It's like it's been a problem since we got promoted. Mm-hmm. Like if you actually think about it, how, or the amount of games we'd go, we we often go behind from a set piece, mm-hmm. and then we're chasing the game. And it's like it's been an issue. And it, like Frank's alluded to it in press conferences, but it's never been sorted. But you said you mentioned the one that City, but I actually. I think that was just a bit unlucky. Hmm. Because like, we it's cleared good, it. Unreal strike from photo. Yeah, and like oh nine times. Like, Rosso got kind of stuck behind the player, so you couldn't go out and press them. It <laughs> might have even been something they worked on where they, you know, <laughs> they kind of like, seal in the player. There was a good finish, but like in general, we just concede so many goals from set pieces, yeah. especially corners.
1: Well, uh, 8 Corner and GPG also asked uh, about zonal and man marking from set pieces. We are zonal. Will was very damning about our zonal marking but then T S made the good point that if we probably if we weren't zonal then I don't know if Wissa beats De Bruyne to that ball and we go in the counter and score against City um, we do a well, mix don't we I, I don't know because so, sometimes I feel like we, we stick either we, we normally stick Tony on the front post to, if it gets to the front post he heads clear and then or it's, it's either him or Janssen but it's kind of mixed
2: my UEFA pro licence is still in process so I can't really
1: comment on that idea. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah 100% defending from set pieces um, unless there's anything else we wanted to talk about, uh, it, was, it this is a little bit shorter than Wednesday's episode. But I th- feel like because we were kind of in meltdown mode when the Tony news when the Tony news came, we did we did spend quite a lot of time talking about that. Uh, but unless any, any anything else you wanted to chat about before before we uh, before we head into the winter break, we were we were going to do a couple of podcasts over the winter break. I, I'm I'm sure the other boys were, were quite keen for it next week. Yeah, um,
2: if if everyone has any suggestions, we were just thinking about doing well either like Brentford kind of question related, yeah, or and then speaking a bit about what's been going on in the World Cup as well. Yeah,
1: no, England an England one would be good. Uh, we kick off on Monday, and I'm very excited for that. But um, yeah, it's
2: like, I don't feel excited, but I don't like it's the, the World Cup starts tomorrow.
1: Uh, yeah, well, I don't know. We've been we've been doing this. I said this on the podcast we do for the uni. Uh, that sort of the more I start talking about it, the more excited I get. But obviously, the political backdrop isn't.
2: I think once I once I watch England play, but then I'm watching England play at one PM while yeah. I'm working. It's not exciting. <laughs> Surely they're going to get it on though. I've, I've, I've yeah, I'm not going to from home just. Oh, okay. Yeah. If I'm always listening, I'm not doing that.
1: Uh, <laughs> me and Dan are off to Richmond Fan Zone to to like film it and take well. Oh nice. Yeah. Um,
2: but they, they charge so much money now.
1: We're, we're, we're getting, yeah, I know, we're, I know. Got, yeah, so, like, they, they,
2: they got a proper operation going on there. Yeah, um, um, but it's expect, I, think, I think they still got tickets on sale because it's at one pm.
1: Finally, are I we day. hopeful for England, Clayton? Obviously, Dan's Wales, so we went not oh, Yeah, fine. no, Dan, yeah, Dan's Welsh. Uh, are we hopeful?
2: I was listening to the Athletic football podcast.
1: Oh, is this the one that came out the other yes, day about? Yeah, yeah, no, it's really good. Had, I enjoyed
2: like, it. The, um, U.S. journalist on as well. Yeah, the, the yeah. U.S. national team writer. I thought it was quite interesting he gave like a perspective from the outside mm-hmm. and he, he was saying like he, he put us at like fifth or sixth like yeah best team mm. I thought that was probably quite fair
1: well I think if you look at <laughs> and he, they talk about this about England's route to the final um, and it's like every tournament England's route to the final it's like an assured thing that we're going to get to the final um, but England's route to the final <laughs> is 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 if, if it goes the way we think it's going to go and we top the group um was it Senegal? We play Senegal, and if we beat Senegal, we would probably end up playing France. If if France topped their group, but I'm kind of we talked about it in the podcast yesterday. I don't it's know. If, I don't know if France will top that group. I kind of fancy Denmark, and I think a lot of people do to be uh yeah, yeah. to be it, the it dark It never courses. goes the way you
2: think because like it's the last in the last mm-hmm. World <coughs> Cup, we like basically purposely finished second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, that we like, mm-hmm. yeah. like, kind of yeah play, I remember yeah against, yeah we played like, like a second string team against, yeah against Belgium yeah and we were like we like, oh, no, we've lost and we actually we ended up getting like the stupid most stupidly easy run to the semi final
1: we've ever seen. Uh, word on Wales Dan what do you reckon for your chances uh, I'm
0: pessimistically hopeful nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm never uh, like a chest dumper I'm never like oh we're going to go there and we're going to smash every team to pieces mm-hmm. like, I'm, it sounds a bit uh, sad but I'm still quite pleased just uh, pleased to be there not there as in Qatar but pleased just to be on the world stage yeah, end, think back, that's fair. back at a World Cup mm-hmm. Wales is a big thing and We've got quite a good group. Obviously, England are there, yeah. Which I'm sure there'll be loads of narrative around that game that will be absolutely awful to listen to. (laughs) Uh, but then like USA and Iran, are they beatable? I'm not really sure. I'm hopeful again, but we'll see.
2: I think that Wales US game could be like really good, yeah. I think it's an important one, definitely. (laughs) What was it that, um, who's the coach of of the states?
0: Uh, but but, he he said in the interview
2: that like. (laughs) that Wales have like a, a Premier League squad. There's some quick retweet like, <laughs> like, my brother Christ, they've got League 2 players in their squad. <laughs> I was creasing. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, but, um, so yeah, I, I reckon we should do, I reckon we should do a World Cup pod. Um, that would be, that'd be fun. Yeah, even if it's a bit yeah. So
2: There's always, stuff that's going to happen.
1: <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, let's wrap it up there. Um, if you haven't already followed us on Twitter, please do follow at the Ealing Road where you can keep up to date. With uh, when we're posting, and also when we can, when you guys can send some questions in for us to answer, like we did today. Uh, but yeah, that was really fun. Uh, we will see you next week, Clayton. I'll see you next week as well. Cheers. Cheers, Dan. Thank
2: you. Sports Social Podcast Network.